Welcome to the podcast, Of Course They Make Me Crazy. It's for those of us who love someone who suffers with a mental illness. You can start to feel lost in their world. I get it. I grew up with a bipolar mom addicted to pain pills. Hoping the story shared here will help you through difficult days. It's not all serious. We laugh and we joke too. If you have little ones around, pop in your headphones and I'm April Norris. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Of course, they make me crazy. So we're going live right now on Facebook. We're going live on YouTube. And joining me now is Dave Mowry. He uh, went from homelessness uh, from 1997 through 1998. And now he is a best-selling author in 2021. I love the name of his book, the author of OMG. That's me. Isn't that cute? Hi, Dave. Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. So I found you by Googling books on bipolar disorder. And I saw that you did and or taught a stand-up comedy. And I watched some of your videos and I just couldn't wait to reach out to you, uh, hoping that you'd come on with me. But um, first, your books, and you have a couple more, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but they blossomed out of a couple of blogs that you did. And I, you know, just about living with bipolar and you got a a huge following. Um, and so start by telling me a little bit about that. Was it just something that you were just kind of doing for yourself as blog post and not really realizing the, the millions of people that, that started to become your followers? Um, the, the, I wrote, I write, still write for bphope.com and BP hope is a magazine, um, dealing with bipolar disorder. Okay. And I was asked to write a, a blog for them, just a, a single piece. And then it went well, and so they asked me to write. And over a couple of years, I wrote um, a, a blog piece every other week for a couple of years. And the response the following, it, it was amazing. It surprised me. Most of the people said, I mean, that's where the book name of the book, OMG, That's Me, came from because people were saying, OMG, that's me. You're telling my story. I don't feel so alone now. Um, and, and, and so I did that and wrote the book, you know, took the blog post and, and put them in the book. And the book ended up being a bestseller on Amazon. It's still, still on the bestseller list in paperback. And uh, I think yesterday it was number two in the Kindle store on the Bipolar. Wow, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. great. Um, so when you were doing those blog posts, what were some of the things you were saying? Because I know you you have bipolar disorder. And, and then you teasingly say, and so does my wife and my daughter, because, <laughs> or you live with it. And so do they, because they live with you, I'm assuming. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, so is it, was it just you going through, was it you and kind of, doing it in a way of a lighthearted, funny way, or were you getting serious? Because I haven't had a chance to look at those blog posts um, about the things that you struggle with. Yeah, it was, it was serious. And what I did was I went into, 
uh, I went back to those dark days. I I went in the hospital in '97, I think, and then got out. And like you said, we were the family was homeless for a year and a half. Um, but after in in 2010, I I was able to go back and relive those experiences, uh, relive my dark days. And as I relived my dark days, I just got back there and wrote about it from the perspective of being in it at that time. And, and those were, like I said, those were dark days. I call them my lost years or 14 lost years. And, uh, so they were, they were serious. There were a few lighthearted ones. Um, I talked about mental illness being good for the environment because we, um, when you're depressed, you, you don't take a shower. Like, yeah. you know, it could be a couple of weeks, could be a month. And so you use less water and then, you, don't, you know, you don't take off your clothes to go to bed. You're just sleeping your clothes. They're not doing laundry. So that's less water and detergent and uh, uh, a few other things. So bipolar disorder, mental illness, depression, it's good for the environment. So when somebody asked me uh, where I'd been after being out of, uh, out of sight for a while, I said I've been uh, taking care of the environment. <laughs> and I love how you do it. It's just kind of like you're so um, streamlined when you say it, too. So you don't realize what's coming out of your mouth until it comes out. You know, it's like you just say it so uh, it just like surprises you. And I'm sorry, Dave, I lost you for a moment. And I don't know if you lost me, but my side on my side, it went black. So um, but I think I caught up with everything that you said. And um, so if somebody's watching this live and they're like, well, what is April doing? I was trying to make sure that it was going to come back. I was pulling out cords yeah. and putting them back in. Um, but yeah, you were, you, you did something funny too about, uh, you know, the bowl of cereal. You're like, you didn't really feel like eating. And when you did, it had to be something quick and easy. So it was a bowl of cereal. And <laughs> so there was no cooking and I saved electricity and gas. Uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's a light way to look at the impact of depression and bipolar disorder in that, you know, it, it doesn't have to be serious all the time. I mean, there are the dark days, there are the, the bad times. Um, you know, my manic times were my, uh, were the times that, you know, I live with, when I think about it, there's guilt and anxiety and uh, regret. And then, but it's a different kind of regret than the depression, which is, which is uh, a regret for, for not being able to do things. Whereas the manic uh, regrets are from when I did things that frankly, uh, most of mine, I'm never going to talk about because, you know. Yeah. I listen, I, I completely understand. Um, you know, just as your book says, OMG, that's me, in the sense of just listening to your story about, you know, not showering and really not having an appetite. But when you do have an appetite, you need something now and you want something quick. And and it was me saying, OMG, that's my mom. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I, I lived with it. And, and uh, so and during some of her manics, we don't really kind of want to talk about some of the things that she did either. <laughs> yeah. You have to hold some things close. And, you know, and I know that uh, she lived with a lot of guilt um, for her illness. 
And I know that us as a family members, we lived with a lot of guilt from not really understanding everything that she was dealing with. And because she had, she passed away five years ago. So I, I understand that completely. Um, but I, I do love the, the, the humor side of things that you take. Um, because you were at one point, didn't you say you owned some businesses and you were really doing really well in life? And then is it when your bipolar kicked in that things started to kind of take a different direction for you or talk a little bit about that? Yeah, as I, as, as I got older, the, the highs got higher and the lows got lower. And um, I was a successful businessman. We had a net worth over a million dollars. And uh, then the, due to the bipolar disorder, as it got worse, we lost it all and ended up a couple hundred thousand dollars in debt. And like I said, homeless. And then I couldn't work. And my wife... Heather, she, she's a hero in my story. You know, she held things together. And uh, so, yeah, success and, and business and then losing it all and ending up homeless. It's, it's, and then now to, to being, you know, the author of some successful books. And I also uh, run a small nonprofit here in, uh, I live in Happy Valley, Oregon, which, it's interesting because, you know, I live with bipolar disorder. Yes. But ha- Happy Valley is really a misnomer. There is no valley. Oh. <laughs> <It's so> happy. <laughs> Took a second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, looking at the lighter side, I mean, it changed my life. When, when I'd think of, I'd have thoughts about my, my experiences and I'd relive those dark days. Um, and it's just what happened in my brain. And then when I, uh, started, I took a stand-up comedy class and started, started doing the comedy. When I think of those situations, I, the pathways in my brain would change. And I think, where can I find humor in that? And I started to do that and I started to find the humor and it, it changed my life. It completely changed my life from ruminating and going into those dark days to, making sense of some of those experiences and finding the humor in them. And then, you know, they lost their power over me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why I connected so much with you is because that is what I strive to do with this podcast. That's why I call it. Of course they make me crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> make me crazy <laughs> you know, yeah. because of, of some of the things that we've had to deal with, but some of the things that she did and she and my grandma and my gra- I mean, it's fun. Some of the things are funny. Um, right. So it, you know, I mean, she's so I, I, I loved that about you. And, and I do think that, you know, there's a story that I tell of, if, you know, if, if we didn't start laughing, you know, then it would just be a complete shit show. And I would just start to melt down and cry. And so what would it rather, what would I rather be? Would I rather have a meltdown? And I might laugh, you know, even when it feels inappropriate. And then, Later on down the road, I'm, I might have, you know, um, a meltdown and cry and then laugh again. You know, it's yeah, like I'm, yeah. I'm up and down, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know for me, you know, the, the kids, the family, the impact on my, my kids and my wife, Heather, uh, are some of my, my biggest regrets or the hardest experiences to think about. 
But when I was I was first diagnosed, um, the family we sat around the dinner table and and we talked about it. And the next day, my daughter Megan went went to school, and they uh, they had an art project. She was she was a first grader, and they had an art project, and she was drawing. And the the teacher came up to her and said, "Oh, that's interesting, Megan. What are you drawing?" And Megan said, "It's a bipolar bear." And the t- teacher said, can you tell me about it? And Megan said, well, lives at the North Pole, it's white, and it eats Prozac. <laughs> I just love that. That's hysterical. <laughs> yeah. And then my son, David, um, was a year younger, and he was drawing in class, and the teacher asked him what it was. And he, he said, it's a picture of God. And the teacher said, well, nobody knows what God looks like. And David said, they will in a minute. <laughs> I don't know if I necessarily understand that one, Dave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he knew that what he was drawing was the real thing, so everybody was going to find out what God looked like after he was done. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so you even taught um, stand-up comedy um, to to people with a mental illness. You did that for like 10 years, right? He- Right. I, I took the, the stand-up comedy class, and in the comedy class, I, I just I had lots of experiences. You know, it's based in reality. So I had lots of experiences, and, and you know, who knew? But, but what I thought was funny, other people thought was funny, too. So, and I was writing jokes. I was pr- pretty prolific as uh, writing jokes, and I helped other people in the class write jokes, and then they asked me to help them, you know, outside of class. And I did, and and we, you know, we had a couple shows, and it went well. And people asked me to keep teaching or to teach, so I started teaching the comedy classes, uh, and they went really well. Uh, I help yeah. people write jokes. I I help people find the humor in the dark days, and uh, not every person who took it had a significant change in their lives, but several people had had changes in their lives. And made a huge difference and and uh one of the people she was a doctor and she she um she couldn't be a doctor anymore because of her bipolar disorder so yeah. she had had to quit her dream and and she came and took the comedy class and after the comedy class and the the show we had always had after the comedy class her mother came up to me and said you know she, she was lost um and her mom thought she was going to commit suicide and be done. And then she found the stand-up comedy and found a purpose and it saved her life. Wow. So it's, you know, it has, this, has a huge impact uh, on changing our perspective and, you know, finding the humor and being able to laugh about these experiences makes it bearable. Well, and it even it speaks volumes and volumes of the character of yourself and the people that can get up on stage and, even admit that they do struggle with it and do have it. And then on top of that, be funny about it and speak in front of people and make them laugh. And it's, you know, it's just, um, that takes a lot of character and it takes a lot of balls. And it takes a oh, lot yeah. of, you know, and so, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty crazy. Kind of like a Robin Williams kind of thing in a way, you know, yeah. yeah. He, you know, always said that, you know, through his pain is he wanted to make other people laugh. Um, 
And I love that you say, because you said you, you taught stand-up comedy to folks with a mental illness for 10 years, including forensic patients at the Oregon State Hospital. So you can say that you taught stand-up comedy to the criminally insane. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so it's, it's kind of like, you know, can I say criminally insane? Can I make uh, humor out of that? But, you know, there is humor in that. Um, yeah. And the people down at the Oregon State Hospital in the, in the, you know, that were locked in there for pleading guilty, but for insanity. Uh, you know, I find, I found that a lot of them were regular folks mm-hmm. and a couple of them really needed to be there. But some of the other people were, were just regular folks. And, and I found, we found humanity. There was one guy who obsessed about suicide and, yeah. uh, it reminded me of, of when I was when I was thinking about no uh, he was thinking about suicide but but uh, the next week after the finding the humor in it he came to me and he said I know I'm getting better because now when I picture myself jumping off the bridge I'm wearing a floaty <laughs> that's so cute <laughs> yeah. yeah he also said he couldn't decide whether to be uh, buried or cremated so his headstone was going to say rest rest in pieces <laughs> and that and, was him coming up with that yeah he came up with that one and then, and then there's you know suicide is is people we had a kind of a reunion and joke writing session with some of the original people uh, or some of the people that really flourished in the the comedy class and and all of us had had suicidal ideations, all of us. And all of us had thought about, you know, if we were going to take our life, how we'd do it. But none of us had acted on it. Yeah. So, you know, that's just something that's there and it's very serious. But, you know, you can look at suicide and suicide's not funny. No. Uh, except when it is. Um, there was a time when things were really tough and, and I was really down and I, I decided to end it all. So I went into the bathroom and I took a punch of pills. And afterwards I called my wife for help. She said, there are more pills under the sink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, well, damn it. You're not supposed to say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very helpful. Very you're helpful. So funny. You're so funny. Well, and then, so let's talk about, you have, OMG, that's me too, coming out, and you're uh, collaborating with an author named Julie Fast on that. Is that correct? Yes, and Julie's a best-selling author in the bipolar category. She's got five books, always five in the top fifty, and and she does really well. And she was also also did blogging for BB Hope, and she. Um, They've been read by over 5 million people. And she's a successful author in her own right. And so what we did is we took the model of the OMG, that's me, and used her writings. And I organized it, chose which blog posts, which, which ones to put in, wrote an introduction. And, and then we published that. We published that a couple months ago. And it's it's doing really well, but but uh, it was great to work with Julie. She's amazing. Uh, she was the original consultant for 
for uh, Claire Danes on the the Homeland series, oh, movie Homeland on HBO. Yeah. So uh, that's it's a great book, and um, you know the OMG that's me, OMG that's me two are are. are you know they're they're not completely serious, but you can read them and you relate because they're they're true experiences and and you dig deep to find them and you talk about them. And would you old, would you say that those books? Um, I'm sorry not to cut you off, but would you say those books would be helpful for family members or a spouse or? Okay. Yeah, def, definitely. Um, a lot of a lot of the comments, the reviews that I've got, and on Amazon for the OMG, that's me are from people, it's the, some from family members uh, and some from people living with mental illness that said, I gave this to my mom and it brought tears to her eyes. And she said, finally, I understand. I know what's going on. And, and that made a huge impact on um, her and her daughter. So it, it's definitely a read. It should be read by everybody that lives with bipolar disorder or a mental illness, their family members. And I've had uh, professional, uh, you know, psychiatrists, psychologists, family doctors read it, and they recommend it and hand it out in their offices. And, you know, they really, it's, you can't learn these things in, in school. You can't learn them in medical school. Yeah. Uh, you can do all that, but unless you really listen and see what someone with a mental illness is going through, uh, and their experiences, you really, you just can't understand. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's who you should read it. Individual, you know, peers, family members, and and the medical community. Yeah. Um, well, good. I'm glad. I can't wait to read it. And uh, so, and then you also have, you and Julie are going to be doing a revision of your first book called No Really We Want You to Laugh. And so when will that one come out? Uh, that one's going to come out next month, the end of okay. next month. And it's actually with uh, co-author Tara Rolstad. So OMG2 is with Julie. And oh, okay. Then, and then OMG3, which is a revision of No Really We Want You to Laugh, which talks about, it talks about the six people, five people, actually six people that did the comedy class, did a comedy class, not a, necessarily at the same time. One is a family member, and one is me, and the other four are folks that live with mental illness. And we tell their stories, but we intersperse it with the jokes that they wrote and the humor that's in there. And so there's a lot of humor in it. You read it, and you get the serious part. You get the reality, and you you get the have the compassion for the folks that are, you know, are telling their stories or that we're telling their stories. But you also get the humor and you can laugh at it and you can see how they laugh at it. And yeah. it's their experience with taking a class and performing. And, it, you know, it takes a huge amount of courage. In, in the comedy class, there's always somebody that says, you know, I'm going to take the class and do all the work. But, you know, I'm, I'm never going to get up on stage and perform. Oh, and, yeah. of course, you know, that was okay. But <clears throat> through all the comedy classes, uh by the time they end with the class and they've written the jokes and the jokes are laugh out loud funny. Uh, we don't tell any that aren't. They're laugh out loud funny and uh, they get up on stage and they tell their story one joke at a time. And when they come down, they say, when can I do it again? 
That's awesome. I love that. I, I, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> yeah. It's because my mom and grandma love to laugh. And I know as serious as this topic is, um, they, they would have loved to hear that. They would have yeah. loved to hear your stories and they would have loved to hear your, um, your take on it. I mean, even the bipolar bear, she would have laughed her ass off on that one. <laughs> so, cause Prozac was her favorite. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and it's a huge stigma buster because you've got, we, we had a show at helium comedy club here, here in Portland and we sold out. I can't remember if it was 140 or 180 people, but it was, it was one less than capacity one person less than capacity capacity, but we went up and we did an hour and a half hour and 45 minute show. And it was great fun. Uh, people laughed, the comics felt great. And, and it's a huge stigma buster. People, Do you, is there a video that somebody can go to that I can link to where they can see? I know you have some short clips on your website, which I'll link in the show notes of this. But is there is there a YouTube or anything that we can go to to watch those clips or your you know, shows? What I'll, what I'll do is I have I have some videos and they're okay. in my Dropbox and I'll share them with you. Okay. And uh, I'll just share most of what I have because it's 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 video from our performance at Portland Center Stage, which okay. is one of the one of the big venues here in Portland. Uh, great sound and you really get a sense for what's going on. So I'll, I'll share those videos with you. You can pick and choose which ones you want to share with your audience. Perfect. Thank you for doing that. Sure. Yeah, that would be great. Well, you know, we'll wrap this up guys. I know you're a busy man. You got things to do and uh, we are on our, our, uh, we're on our timeline and we're okay. at the end of it. So again, I will link, um, where people can find you. Are you on Instagram, Dave? I'm not yet. I, okay. Yeah, I'm not yet. That's I'm okay. on Facebook. You're on Facebook and you have mm -hmm. a website. So I'll uh, make sure that people can connect with you if they need to. And uh, thank you for spending this time with us. Hey, thanks for inviting me. Take care. You take care. Bye-bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening. And if you like this, please subscribe and give it a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Let's build a community. We cannot maneuver this crazy life alone. You can also follow on Instagram at, of course, they make me crazy. And I would love for you to join our private Facebook group. And of course, they make me crazy venters. You can do that by going to, of course, they make me crazy.com.